What are we doing today? History. We're doing a recap. We're talking history. Yeah, we're talking about season one, uh, The Unveiling, um, because for the sole reason that I want an episode between them on the feed. That's pretty much it. And also we're at 51 episodes for the unveiling. And I think it would be really fitting if we were at 52, one one per week of a year, deck of cards. It's just very thematically appealing to me. Um, and also I kind of think we need it a little bit. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. It was a very eventful three days for our characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jacob is pretty now. He had to get all cleaned up for his real job. <laughs> he was pretty before, though. Yeah, I was actually thinking it's the polo. It's not actually the... I don't think it's the face as much. It's the polo. When you put the face and the polo together, it's like... I mean, I think I think you mix the shave with the blue polo, and it looks like it works at Best Buy. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. you, you are yes. who I imagine I am speaking to when I call, like, a high-class... IT person. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> That's basically what I am. I I, I am IT for bougie people. Yeah, it, it, I don't. If it were me, I would probably take it as an insult. But I don't. I definitely don't mean it that way. You epitomize. I'm your IT professional today. How can I help? Yeah. Like you just you just yeah. have that look. It's very clear. But with help. You're, yeah, yeah, that's that's normal now, man. You're in the uh, <laughs> oh, what's the uh, you're in the sorry to bother you movie. Yeah, let <laughs> oh me try God. and turn it off and on again. Do, that's I'm glad I, I went there. Yeah, we're charging a hundred bits for it. <laughs> do we have? Oh my gosh, what? I'm I'm mostly kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I've got, I've got a question we're gonna, though. We're gonna start I, making I Jacob can... say certain lines for 100 bits. Is that what's gonna happen? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hi, uh, let's let's talk about uh, season one. Can we do a quick, like, broad recap of what happened over the course of those few days with your characters? Like, uh, what what was going on? Everybody go at once. Normal Wednesday thing. When was it a Wednesday? I think it yes, was, yeah. honestly. It was the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah. And, sure and we all died on Sunday. Yeah. And uh horrors started showing up. I don't know where killed Dykes BFF. Yeah. Yeah. Um I barely got away from one, I think. Carl might have actually killed one, or at least like stunned it. No, yeah, Carl, Carl killed one. Yeah, I think I think I think the uh, the lovely Zach just gave me a kill. Honestly, <laughs> in the beginning, what I was worried about then was not like the what is going on, but I was worried about like establishing your guys's character. Um, and like who they are. I mean, I mean, thematically, it was beautiful. A PE teacher avenges the death of a student and wipes out the monster, and then just leaves. And then just leaves the school grounds. And just. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, this, this <laughs> kind of jumping ahead, but sort of related to how things start. I really like that it took about twenty episodes before I realized that I was supposed to be getting experience and could like <laughs> could like get better skills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, it was um, like one episode. Pike's just barely hanging in there. 
the next episode i'm like flying yeah, yeah the next episode you're a tree trunk me. killing things yeah yeah so uh i could keep going like that is that too detailed or do we want a broader overview i don't see any reason why we can't why that can't i mean we left yeah, out the can... real important primary foundational aspect of the whole show is we all met up at dave's that's mm-hmm. right episode one and two uh friends at dave's legacy versus which can we talk real quick about why that's a thing like can we can we codify like what we talked about outside of sure so, so like the reason why dave's versus Dave, uh, uh this is because we decided that in every arc we're going to have a bar that we go to uh and that's going to be like the thing that's going to be like the one line we can always touch on in mm-hmm. every single arc is these characters every iteration of them there's a bar and it uh may or may not be kind of named dave's uh and like we can follow that around and that's like uh that leads us into like in the next arc without saying anything about it like that is a thing um and theoretically every arc we go forward which which codifies and ties together the whole multiverse concept there's also a very strong way for our characters to not have an uh a superior bonding connection other than the bar in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is you guys are, we're all kind of nobodies, you know, like mm. the fact that the thing that we like, we're all trying to do cool things, but at the moment when we meet the characters in the beginning, we're all kind of nobodies. And the thing that, that like bonds us together, the thing that we have in common, the one like a <laughs> uh, big character thing is that we go to the same bar. <laughs> And that's like the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of, I find it kind of cool that like five like nitwits who know each other from their bar go and try and save the world. Like that, that is the thing in a nutshell, right? That, the earth that, becomes magic. That makes me feel like our game was more comedic than I thought it was. Yeah. Well, because like if you're in it, like, like five dudes in a bar yeah. save the world. Yeah, exactly. It's like it is it has a comedic foundation. Now, to be fair, episode <clears throat> one started pretty heavy. Like we like that is one thing I think one of the biggest things I think I would probably shift a bit is just how heavy I started episode one, because it was very much like we're going to meet everybody in there. Well, I, I mean, it was just very serious. You didn't kill anybody till episode two. That's true. But like that still happened episode two. Like it, it yeah. went right into like, okay, here are these people's in their daily lives. Horror. And then episode two were like like really legit horror thriller vibes. And it wasn't until episode three when you guys actually legitimately met up at the bar that like the comedy of the whole situation and the, <clears throat> the common comedic tone that we like that is core to the show really came out. Yeah. Uh, we have a comment in chat talking about uh, Dave's bar being the nexus point around which all reality circles and exists. Uh, and Dave has truly transcended and mastered the location, location, location truth. I think that's a very accurate description of uh, versus legacy, which is the name of without bar. Uh, going too deep into it because this is kind of like end of season stuff, like 100%, like in every verse. Dave is the person who has the like self-awareness, I guess, to like 
be as similar, like the most similar, uh, I, I guess, uh, is kind of how we presented it. That doesn't necessarily mean, need to say stay completely constant, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, okay, so your characters, we kind of meet them. Who is everybody? Can we talk about who everybody is real quick? Uh, just go through and like meet everybody's characters? Like, Well, I'll start like I normally do. Carl Nelson was a PE teacher in a high school in Portland who was absolutely... A shadow of the wall of reality. He's just an existed person who was there, but you never took notice of like coffee. And that was, that was kind of the whole premise of him. Actually, the other big premise for him was he was uh, also absolutely trying to do everything the easy way. Didn't, didn't want to do it the hard way. Easy is better. Kind of like uh, contented, but in like a really sad situation. Uh, Like I think a lot of people would look on Carl's like life objectively and be like that's pretty sad but carl was really content about that yeah boring is good and uh having a friend like goose around kept him just active enough not to get worried about his personal mental health (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was that was seeing the the legitimate friendships between everybody develop was really cool what about is colby normally next yeah yes yeah i am uh yeah goose he was an old Vietnam vet, a widower who at this stage in his life was kind of just poking around and got real into conspiracy theories and kind of just like the weirdo around town. Who was secretly ex-Special Forces. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Started really simple, like widowed ex-military conspiracy theorist who lives and survives in the woods. Basically, like that's that's a pretty simple uh, concept. Goose might have become the most complex character over the course of the whole thing, uh, just with his history and all of that stuff. And that that's really yeah, that was something I um, appreciated in your DMing that you. Really uh, did take uh, the character backgrounds and integrate them all into the story. It really helped all of us flush them out. Oh, my shucks. I really, tr- I really tried. I really tried. I know Jacob brought up a good point, too, is uh, Carl got his powers outside on the running track at the high school while they were having outdoor PE class. And he was approached by Heka, the Egyptian god and just basically given powers of a druid here you go have fun and uh, not told how to use them or what to do or anything about it just you are the one i choose and left with that and carl struggled with that for quite a while yeah it wasn't until like literally the last 10 episodes where carl was like i've accepted this and i'm gonna make it my own really like like the very end of stuff yeah, it's a, actually, I really looked at the way I played Carl as that was a very monumental thing for him to accept. Uh, not not even, not a, a challenge, but just a plan. So Tyke is a family disappointment that is trying to make ends meet by working as a, uh, what does he do again? Oh yeah, he's a server in a restaurant. No, it's a wine bar or some, something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he also is a street performer as a fortune teller in some courtyard in Portland. And then 
a horde shows up and rips up his best friend and then he kind of turns into a techromancer. Oh yeah, he's the AI messiah. He gives sentience to uh, Dan and then Cindy and spawns the AI race. <laughs> I, I, I love all of you equally. Tyke is my favorite character. Um, I even have a character in this. Uh, Tyke is my favorite character. Um, there's just oh. there's so much complexity there. It's there's so much. I could talk about Tyke for hours, probably. Um, so yeah, we we love Tyke. All right, Nick, what about you? You you have the you have the hardest job uh, here. I had to I had to play two characters, um, which we'll get into probably a little about halfway through. Um, so I started off playing Doctor Zed, and Doctor Zed is. Zedekiah of Balkan is a pillar of the community. Uh, without him, uh, people go without health care. Um, he mostly tended to uh, homeless folk and got paid in, like, whatever they gave him. So, like, packages of beef jerky. Uh, one of them was a dog groomer who groomed his poodle Ajax. Um, he had, like fish that were given to him, all kinds of stuff. Just random uh, things that were given to him. He was uh, Israeli. Um, and religious background. Yeah, he was Jewish. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. He, he was the most, like, spiritual of the group, except for maybe Carl after he met Hekka. Um, and at least... In the beginning, he was very much, very much the moral center um, yeah. of the group, like like super hard. In fact, I think I think that continued uh, 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 pretty much throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, so, and and then I I my character quote unquote was um, was Fitz Liam Fitzsimmons, uh, who was a high up tech slash administrative dude in the evil corporation, which we'll get to that in a minute, who tried to recruit everybody. Uh, all of our, all of our people knew each other from the bar. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Fitz was kind of a loner, uh, tried to recruit everybody, uh, was convinced that the evil corporation was in fact evil and not trying to save the world and joined the, joined the group, uh, in taking them down. He is basically a super privileged young white dude uh uh who um had all of the all of the privilege you can expect he went to mit had a double degree or like multiple degrees in tech i don't really know i didn't establish exactly what was kind of uh, a prodigy and uh very much succeeded because of it uh pretty much the epitome of white privilege and we turned fits like the knob on a range top you did and it <laughs> took so long still one of my favorite moments ever in in the first season was the argument you guys had with Fitz in the middle of the wilderness outside the Oregon Zoo because it was just so delicious to be like playing a character that is like the evil corporation's not evil and you guys are like yes it is this is what they did and he's like no but here's why they're not um and just like being able to see, yeah anyway that was very and goose pulls out the folder yeah um <laughs> these are our five characters we kind of meet them in their day-to-day -day lives uh in in modern earth 2019 on the spring uh uh, uh, uh equinox yeah that's yes. the word 
Uh, thank you. Um, I decided that was when we were starting and I forgot the word. Um, but yeah, so we meet these five on a normal Wednesday uh, in 2019 on the spring equinox. I think it was like March 21st or something. Um, and we see what they normally do day to day. Half of them were in the bar. Uh, uh, and then uh, what happens is modern Earth, uh, all of these crazy magical horror things, these big metal insectoid beings uh, rip themselves uh, out of these giant purple tears in reality and just start destroying everything, creating carnage. It's really bad. A bunch of people die, um, like billions of dollars of damage. Um, and these five chuckle fucks decide that they're going to fight against that, uh, the horrors. Uh, very quickly after that happens, they all meet at the bar. And this is where Fitz comes in. A company called IS Corp uh, claimed to know about the horrors coming in. Uh, uh, beforehand, they were prepared to deal with them, and they started uh, basically handling the horrors. And that was true. Basically extorting the world for profit. Yes. yes. Yeah, basically using the foreknowledge of the horrors, uh, the horror attack, to prepare for it and then extort the world for power and money and resources. Um, and so... The first thing that happens is everybody meets at the bar. Fitz comes to the bar too and recruits them into this company called IS Corp. Um, and uh, uh, that's when things kind of go bad. Um, you guys all kind of agreed to go, you know, go be orientated and see what's up. What happened at the IS Corp compound uh, after that? Uh, well, one thing I think is important to know, we called and faked being french diplomats yeah, yeah that did happen <laughs> that was epic <laughs> so good and it worked and yeah. by we we mean who's called and played a french diplomat yeah yeah on a flip phone mm-hmm. <laughs> they were basically like hey we're the french ambassador we're in portland come save us <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about like fr- like and it worked they sent the the this team this highly trained team of individuals to the bar they sent Fitz because Fitz you know frequents the bar so he, that's why he was there and then they meet these this like team of people we meet uh, a few characters Quinn Serafina and I forget the last person's name because she didn't come into play a lot um but basically Quinn and Serafina we meet these like two counter agents um, uh, which is like the IS Corp internal police force and Fitz, who is like basically this administrator who's trying to like, basically is currently the face of IS Corp, trying to convince the world to, you know, buy into their shtick and save the world from horrors so that they can, you know, operate autonomously in a bunch of different governments. Turns out the IS Corp headquarters is in Portland, Oregon, which is where the whole thing is set, where this bar is and everything. Um, and so after they make this call, pretending to be the French ambassadors, they meet the team. Fitz is like, hey, let's hire you guys, basically. And you guys have a, a day of rest and go into the IS Corp compound. What happens during your orientation? I got the best whistle ever. Tyke bestowed existential awareness onto an AI. Yeah. Tyke created a true AI, true sentient AI, at least mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah, yeah, but we were but we were we were fighting the big bad evil inside a hollow chamber, and you just happened to give the AI 
Okay, well, let's let's look at the things that led up to this, so we can magic so led up to this. <laughs> you guys get into IS Corp. Fitz kind of explains what's going on, and you guys are handed a contract to sign uh, to to become IS Corp members and be like become team members. Uh, he leaves the room for a little bit. What what went down, Jacob? What happened after that? Uh, yeah, Tyke looked into the past. Saw some people who didn't sign the papers get gassed. Yeah. And shared it with the rest of us in the room. Yeah. Yep. So we ended up, I think we all ended up signing the papers because we didn't want to get gassed. Yeah. Um, Goose definitely signed with a fake name. Uh, 100% signed with a fake name. Um, but basically it was like, I, I, to be real, like the, I don't know if I put numbers in it, but like the amount of money they were offering was like absurd like absurdly good mm-hmm. and um uh it basically just stated that it's like an nda so you can't talk about your job uh, an exclusivity thing uh, like a whole bunch of stuff and it is can't really moonlight like, as a world saving hero yeah and and basically like um i think somebody looked over it and it was like it's it was absurdly restrictive as well um, so they were both, they were all kind of like, ah, this is, and then we have a vision of people getting gassed. And so they kind of sign the contract and they go into their orientation. They get kitted up with some cool armaments. It's also where we find out that IS Corp had been doing this prior to these attacks. So they were, they were prepping for this stuff mm-hmm. while us normal people were just obliviously living our lives and not having magic thrown at us by, you know, Egyptian gods. That, that is when Fitz exp- explained that IS Corp found out about the horror attack like years and years ago, knew that nobody would believe them, and so instead decided to prepare for it uh, uh, to stop, basically save the world. Um, so they were prepared for it. They've been training to fight the horrors. Uh, we find out later that they have horrors that they've been testing on to make sure that they can take them down and maybe some other more nefarious uh, uh, purposes. Um, and then they go to orientation in basically a hollow deck, which we call the vert room. Uh, they kind of go through it. It's this like weird, basically like a uh, SWAT operation where they have to go in a building and like do some stuff, neutralize some people. Um, and then it all kind of goes awry when the, um, the like AI that is running their orientation, um, they kind of piss the AI off a little bit. Um, and, it kind of, it devolves into them versus the AI, uh, whose name is Dan, uh, D period, A period, N period, N period. Um, I believe it stands for digitally autonomous, digital autonomous neural network. Um, and, uh, they get into a fight and during the process of the fight between them and Dan, and again, Dan is trying to test them to see if they're, you know, worthy, so to speak of being a part of IS Corp. Tyke does a psychic assault, which flips a switch and makes Dan, like sentient. Um, he leaves, escapes the IS Corp servers, which registers as a big security breach. And all of a sudden everything's gone wrong. Um, am I missing any details here? Yeah. We forgot to mention that Zed's also possessed by a demon Lord. Zed is possessed by a demon Lord. Um, I think this is about where that becomes important. Yeah. We are talking about that a, a little problem. bit inside chat. I will also <laughs> say, I hope you wrote down all your acronyms, Zach. Because you made a bunch of them. Yeah, I do, I do have all my acronyms, of course. Everything was an acronym. Those are yeah. one thing that I cannot keep in my... Like, most things I can just keep in my head and I don't need to put down, but the acronyms are so specific 
and like stupid that I had to write them all down. So yeah, I have them. Everybody should name one right now thing. No doubles. Cindy. Joe Stang. Jerk. Uh, counter. Oh, all the acronyms. Mm-hmm. Everybody just has yeah. to, yeah. No, you just have to name one someone hasn't already said. Okay. I mean, I've got the list, so you all can go first. Oh, I already <laughs> said Cindy. No, you can't look at the list off the top of the head. Oh, I mean, okay, I won't look at the list then. Okay, so we have Cindy. We have, uh, I mentioned Dan earlier, so that doesn't count. Uh, who else is gone? Who, who else said one? Fang, no, Pixie, uh, you're right. Invisible is right. I yeah, said, Invisible is one of them. I said Fang. Yeah. Fang is Fang is one. Yeah, Pixie said Invisible, I, so nobody can take that. I said Counter. Counter, yep. Yeah. I didn't say any of them because I never paid attention. I wrote down Dan, <laughs> and that's where it stopped. <laughs> um, I mean, I could go through most of them. Off the top of my head, we have Cogent, Administrative, Hawk, um, uh, shit. I think no, was, was there was never too, a shit. You never said anything about shit. I did it. Mech was one. Um, oh yeah. There was uh, uh, shoot, 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 shoot. Now I, I'm blanking on the rest of them. There's like seven more. Um, oh, Target was one. Um, God, I can't. I'm just gonna pull up the list now because I said like five. Um, we have Cogent, Echelon, and Administrative. Those are all like the branches, uh, which we can do that. Developer, which is Fitz, Fitz's unique title and position. Technical, which is Fitz's department. We have Acronym, which I never came up with an acronym for because I find it funny. Uh, we have Mattress, which is one of their, um, <laughs> one, of, uh, one of their like um, uh, secret holdings, basically, like one of their front companies. Uh, Beaker, which is like their, one of the like mundane scientific things. Encounter, which I don't remember what that is. It's something invisible is very important. We'll get into that later. Uh, emissary, which is like their ambassadors reclaim, which is like stuff, uh, counter target target masks, which is, I don't something destroy Hawk live vert Dan and Cindy. Um, so they're like 13 or 15 or whatever that I came up with o- over the course of the thing. Um, that's IS Corp in a nutshell. Uh, really just, it doesn't, they're overly complicated compartmentalized stuff. Um, but yeah, so Dan becomes an AI and escapes, and we're now kind of in this like uh, escape sequence. Uh, Fitz says, hey, everybody thinks that we just stole information from the servers, and all of the guys think it's a good idea to run away uh, instead of like try and talk to people and confront them and you know figure out what's going on. So they all escape the... Um, uh, uh, escape the IS Corp compound and are kind of labeled as not fugitives, but like basically fugitives um, uh, because it looks like they did a giant like data breach. Uh, like they hacked IS Corp and stole a bunch of information. That's what IS Corp thinks. Um, there's a bit of a fight with the counter agents, Quinn and Serafina and the other lady who I can't remember her name. And they try and like bring them in uh, and everybody escapes. It's when Zed learns that he can use Barazel's magic. I I just I mm-hmm. I just want to say I'm we're not gonna get to the end of this. It's, it's gonna take like, us way need, longer than an episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we can, we can go we can go faster. Um, uh, especially because that's that's the most complicated stuff. The next part is basically you guys are on the run. 
Um, you make like a YouTube page, basically, which we called UsTube. UsTube. Uh, start showing people that IS Corp sucks. Uh, the big bad villain, uh, uh, Dr. Tantiana Romanov, is revealed because she sends a message uh, that is really like threatening, dun, dun, dun. like veiled threatening. Um, we learn a bunch about uh, all of the people while you guys are on the run. You guys uh, uh, find some crazy stuff in the world that is new because of the magic. Then you, um, the compound that you went to, to, to be oriented, you raid that to try and get some information off a server because we find out that Goose's wife was murdered by an IS Corp agent and Goose wants to know why. So you go in, you find the server, you basically destroy the compound. You start some riots at that compound and at the ancillary black, uh, blackout zone of the IS Corp people. Um, order the deep candles in there. Yeah, order the deep candles in there, which we can we can get into that later. Um, then there's more running, more preparing, and then you guys uh, uh, basically go and raid the blackout zone, which is where Romanov is. You fight Romanov. Uh, you find out that Earth is connected to a multiverse now, and that was her whole goal. Um, you kill Romanov, then you kill Romanov, then you kill Romanov, and you do that like a few hundred times. Uh, and then you kill Romanov Prime, uh, and you get sucked up into a portal, basically, or something that brings you all into the multiverse. That's the overarching story. Um, so, uh, any like story details that we want to talk about uh, right off the bat that you guys find are just like important or like we should touch on uh, uh, and and talk about now. My question was just going to be about a. Uh... Zed dying, and uh, did you plan on him dying from the beginning? No, yeah, that, no, that um, was so, always in my mind. It sure so looks when, when you guys <laughs> raided the Ice Corp compound, Zed dies, and uh, Nick takes over as his dog, playing his dog Ajax. Um, and is there anything you want to tell us about Ajax, real quick, Nick? Uh, Ajax is a standard poodle who drinks an alchemical concoction and becomes a Hulk uh, poodle who's roughly. I think we said uh, four feet at the shoulder and six and a half feet long. Uh, roughly uh, pony sized and, in the his normal state, and roughly like large bear sized in his bigger state. But yeah, crazy, crazy yeah. big. Yeah, and he's a rageful poodle. He basically became the party barbarian. Um, but yeah, the, uh, that's Ajax. He, uh, I think he has a lot of character development, and it's great. Yeah, ton. Yeah, I agree with that. It becomes very complex. I'm really surprised at just how, uh, like char- characterly complex a dog became on this show. <laughs> like saying that out loud feels really dumb, but like he became really complex, especially because like at the end he was like very yeah. Anyway, it was yeah. I mean, if you ever want a challenge as a Dungeons and Dragons player or TTRPG player, play a uh, non-verbal quadruped that has no opposable thumbs. Uh, it's a real challenge. <laughs> totally, totally doable right now in 5e. Yeah. Well, it also, like, the big... I think the biggest thing was how much of, like, not having a concept of what is actually going on that he had. Like, that was, I think, maybe... I, obviously, I can't speak for you, but from my position, that looked like the hardest part of playing Ajax, is having to be, like... I'm a dog. I don't know what the fuck is going on. We're fighting a corporation. I don't understand most of these concepts. And like having to boil that down to like bad mailman and like scary magic and let's get them 
was like, that was masterful. The way that you were yeah. able to do that by the end was just really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to protect the back. You should uh, you should write a book of like ethics, Nick. Just called like As from the perspective protect, of a dog. Yeah, it's like protect the protect the pack. Bad mailman smell, scary magic. Let's get them. Ethics <laughs> from the ethic, ethics from the goodest boy. Ethics uh, from yeah. the goodest boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, we we love Ajax so much. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot happened. It's hard to like boil all of this stuff down. Um, and like talk about everything that happened. I mean, we spent almost like we spent a year and a half uh, playing this game, you know, 52 weeks uh, plus some bonus stuff and some other background stuff. So it's like, yeah, well, Zed never died to Carl. So it's all good. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Carl denied Zed's death. Right well, Carl denied Zed because Carl pulled Zed back and had a conversation with him. Thought he could do it anytime he wanted. <laughs> Yeah, a really, really great role. <laughs> Goose to answer or uh, Colby to answer your question. No, I, we, I, I 100% never, I never planned to kill Zed until the night before um, the episode air, like that we, we recorded. And I was like, Hey, or actually I think Nick, you were like, Hey, how dangerous is this thing? Cause you basically what happened um is you guys blew up some magical stuff in the IS court place and they started doing this giant like energy magical energy explosion thing um and Nick was like holding it back with his magic and that's where we cut one episode and went to the next one cliffhanger style and Nick o- overnight like over the week was like hey I don't know how dangerous this is but I'm willing like Nick Zed is willing to die to save everybody and I'm like Look, man, that's a real, real possibility with how dangerous this thing is. You guys, they, they, you guys hit like four despairs, like building this thing up. Like this has got to be something yeah. that can threaten your life. So I want you to be prepared in case that is a, a thing that could happen. Um, yeah. You know, what's really wild about that is myself as a player thought of that seriously. If I was willing to give up Carl in the end to stop that from happening. And, and I was getting ready to make that move in game without telling anybody. And Nick did. And I mean, yeah. within four or five seconds, this is how close yeah. it came. I, I don't think any of us could possibly have been surprised that Zed, like, absolutely just at, at, immediately would do that. I mean, literally, the, the, we have a flashback at one point of, of Zed bringing home a, uh, a friend who does not have a home to his home, uh, somebody who, who, seems to have like pneumonia or something like a serious illness and treating them on his couch. And the person that, that he was in a relationship with knew enough that Zed was that type of person that they weren't surprised when that happened. Um, And like, Mm -hmm. that's how Ajax came into Zed's life is from that person. And like, I think it was such a core part of Zed's character that he is that type of person that I don't think any of us were surprised when he was like, yeah, I, I will, I will do this immediately. And Nick, you did a great job at just not hesitating whatsoever with that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I loved Zed. I love playing Zed, but if we go back to that episode or those two episodes before that Zed by, by that point is in a wheelchair, missing a leg. Uh, he's missing one of his hands. (laughs) He was not in any good shape. (laughs) It was a rather difficult push into the building. Yeah, uh, that got fucked up uh, (laughs) real quick. (laughs) 
automated <laughs> drones that shoot at you like turrets on the side of the walls like machine turrets uh, uh and not to mention the actual personnel like you guys met serious resistance in that not to mention you guys then ran into like a bunch of like chemical compounds that were really really volatile and dangerous that you exploded a room with and a bunch of magical compounds that were really really dangerous and then horrors horrors that were down there as yeah. well it was very very tough and so like it, it, it made a lot of sense and I definitely wanted Nick to be prepared. And the one thing I never want is I never want, um, I never want somebody to like, everything's going well or decently. And then suddenly because of a couple of goals where we're all fucked or somebody dies. Um, it's like, I definitely want the stakes there and I want, you know, if, if something like that is going to happen, I want it to be the result of dice rolls, you know, but I want it to be a buildup. You know, you guys were doing really badly and then doing really badly, and then doing really badly, and then a couple really unlucky things put you guys in a really rough situation and said to, had to make the hard choice of does he save his dog or does he save himself? And he saved his dog. And we said goodbye to Zed and hello to Ajax. And, you know, it was, it was tough, but it was uh, Ajax is a good boy. And I think there was so much character development that happened on both Zed's part and Ajax's part that would never have happened if he didn't die. Uh, so I, I think it became really important. And right after that, mm -hmm. as I think is the first time we lost Tyke to the inside of a computer all before he would just pass out and fall asleep. This time he was in a computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got stuck in that. Server. That's when your technomancer started really going stupid, crazy good. Cause you realized you had experience points. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I started like summoning stuff. They just giving people like giant computer weapons. Yeah, that was that was a really big part of the uh, the game uh, that I did not expect it to be like this, like psychic cyber stuff. It was like a huge portion of the game. Like Tyke was in the machine like a dozen times in like four days of in-game play. Um, like you were in IS Corp servers multiple times and like inside mechs and like all of this shit. Yeah, I I feel like I I don't know. I hope this doesn't sound that braggy because it was purely by accident. I feel like we could have had a game that was like mostly fantasy, like basically us using magic against like a scientific organization. Except like that's not what ended up happening with Tyke. I think the <laughs> thing with Dan was like an accident. And then after that, I was just like, I'll just keep rolling with this. Tyke like well, just... The whole reason that I made stuff. Fitz who he was is because I was concerned that you guys wouldn't have the tools to deal with an organization that had a bunch of like uh, technical assets. And it became totally unnecessary because at some point Tyke was just like, I can do this better. Um, and like, there, obviously there's like some, like there are expertise things. Like Fitz is also a, a genius engineer as well. So like there's mechanical stuff that he can still do, but like, yeah, don't get yourself wrong. We would not have got out of there without Fitz because I sacrificed a whistle and he blew a hole through the side of a server case with the inside of some mystical power. And we wouldn't yeah. have got out without Fitz. Well, and legitimately my favorite, as much as I love every, like Tyke is still my favorite character. I love everybody's character growth. Like there, there was a lot of it. And I want to talk specifically about that. But Fitz's character development specifically is one of my favorite things about this game, if not my favorite thing entirely. The way that um, you all changed Fitz over the course of 52 episodes is just unbelievable to me and incredible. And it, it like makes me feel emotional every time I think about it because he went from 
a and this can be the transition into I want to talk about your guys' character specifically and what your guys' thoughts are. Um, but he went from like a a really um apathetic like tech junkie who poured everything into his work. He was a recovering alcoholic and had essentially no friends because he was terrified and he was traumatized from his you know childhood. Um, but on top of that, he had like privilege. So he was doing fine, but he was like an emotional mess who was just willing to like, yeah. And you guys opened him up, taught him a lot. Um, and like made him go from being like this really big, uh, 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 skeptic to a believer in what was happening. Um, and like, that was like to the point where in the end, like he was able to like, let go uh, you know, the, the scales sloughed off of his eyes, so to speak. He was able to let go of the, that burden and actually help you guys, you know, do the final thing. And that is not Fitz or me. Like, that is you guys. That is the questions that you all asked him. The things that you pushed him to do. The, like, joking out of character, like, oh, what of this? Like, all of, all of the things, the interactions that you guys put on Fitz and like made me do that is those are the things that made him grow as a character and it was it was beautiful i i've, ne- I've never seen anything like that in a game so that explains why nick started playing ajax ajax didn't have any of those dark human flaws that the rest of us did correct <laughs> yeah. he was uh pure goodness and uh i don't i mean up until we started fighting romanoff for the last time ajax didn't have a uh a killer instinct, really? Not really. Not uh, until like he wanted he to chew Romanoff in half. Yeah, he didn't actively seek out attacking people until that fight. It was always in self-defense. So uh, the the first like thing I wanted to go over is like uh, basically on topic, like what like your characters, like how do you feel generally about your characters? How did they grow? Like what? Wh- how do you feel about them? You know, what are your thoughts on your characters? Aaron first. Let's keep this pattern going. <laughs> keep the pattern going. Uh, it's a, it's really easy for me, man. I watched I watched Carl go from almost a homebody with no real personal life and trying to avoid every aspect of any sort of I don't know how he I don't even know what you put into it. Any sort of application of merit into his life, just rolling along to actively seeking to do something good with others and going out of his way to do so, which is 180 degree turn for Carl. So yeah, that was character progression was amazing. Uh, that'd be goose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think goose kind of went from a little meandering, I guess, uh, to really getting fixated on, figuring out what happened to his wife and wrestling with like what he would sacrifice to get revenge. Yeah. I feel like um, goose. I I don't think changed that much, but I think he deepened more than anybody else. Like we added depth to goose. uh, I, I think on a scale that was more than anybody else. Uh, because of the his his dead wife thing was just such an easy thing for me to pull on 
um, that I was able to add a bunch into it. Whereas like with Carl, everybody at the table were the people that mattered to Carl. So what was happening in the moment, that was his like, that was his background basically. So we basically got to start, see Carl deep in his relationship with Goose. Um, and we got to see like Tyke, we got to see the stuff with his sister. Zed, we got to see stuff with Tyke's sister. And Ajax, we got to see more stuff with uh, Zed and obviously the demon that was possessing him, which we will definitely get into again. But Goose definitely deepened the most, I think, uh, uh, with the Angela Bailey bit and all of that. You know, now that you mention it, I had not maybe thought of Tyke's arc as particularly deep, but he does kind of go on like this existential quest because like at the beginning of it, like, yeah, he's trying to do this acting thing, but it's not really going well. And he's kind of a mess and a failure to like losing his best friend and being like, oh, everything I was trying to do is kind of pointless. Um and I think that kind of prompts him to just lean into the Technomancer stuff because he just yep. is like, this is, it, it's it's almost um, reckless. Like, because yeah. uh, he's just like, I'll just keep trying this. Uh, and yeah. it like keeps working enough. And he also starts to like develop some kind of sense of purpose. Like he can keep doing this. And confidence. Yeah. Um, and, and then a great sleep schedule. Yeah, yeah. Just I, was, I was just typing apps. That's his secret. <laughs> Tyke is like the character in an isekai who immediately takes to the weird universe that you suddenly yeah. become in. And the game system we were playing in is if you ran too far down in your strain, you pushed yourself too hard. You just took a long nap until you got back got back to good. Yeah. Pretty much everybody else had there. some amount of like ah, this is weird going forward, except for Goose, who's like not magical or at least not overtly magical at all. But he's dealing with like learning all this crazy stuff about his wife. Whereas Tyke, I feel like from like episode five or whatever, maybe 10, he's like, all right, I'm going to fucking run with this. And it it is beautiful. It is like Tyke is all of the confidence uh, it like Tyke is the confident center of the group. Well, and then like X episode 27, 28, he pulls us into his own bloody computer universe and we shoot halo guns and ride black and white graphic waves it's just the weirdest thing ever man jacob more than anybody took the game and put it where he wanted it at any point in time whether you did it on purpose or not but you you did the most of like i'm going to divert everything into this where i want it to be and it, it worked really well do you think that it at all comes from a place for Tyke where he he kind of feels like, oh, thank God, some of this is real. Like, I'm not a total sham. <laughs> like some Yeah, because he's a total talk. charlatan. He yeah. legitimately <laughs> talked about that. I, I don't know if that's how you continue to think about it, but, like, that was the thing we talked about. We talked about this, like, moment where, uh, I don't know if it was on screen or off screen, where Tyke was like, oh, I'm now in this thing that is real, and everything I feel like before this was not real. And but like this is real and this is meaningful and like that really came through. Well, I think maybe Colby was getting at like whether Tyke always felt a sense that like oh like he was putting on a show or something like he never mm. actually had anything that was that special like mm. all he could do mm. was pretend. Yeah, kind of like the difference between your sequin jacket and Jeff's jacket. Good old Jeff, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Episode 2. <laughs> You're part by a horror. 
<laughs> yeah, him and Jeremiah both got murked in the first two episodes. <laughs> because someone needed to <laughs> needed to create stakes. They were uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and whoever else from the other guys. Nick, what about you? Um, how do you feel about uh, Zed and Ajax and their growth and whatnot overall? Yeah, uh, I don't know that Zed grew much. Um, Zed was a good person at the beginning, and I feel like Zed died as a good person. Um, most of Zed's issues are trying to keep the group from sliding too far. Um, and I felt like I accomplished that before he died. Um, like they didn't kill, they didn't kill the, the two guards. We just knocked him out and then, uh, he stuck him with a sedative, uh, so that they wouldn't wake up for several hours. Um, uh, I think we mostly avoided killing people until Barazel got in the mix. Um, Barazel's arc for me was the most interesting, uh, because Barazel's just evil. Yeah, he he's the demon, and uh, he's awful. And I loved it when Goose finally put it together for the rest of the group. He's yeah. just evil. Like, yeah, I, was like we, I thought yeah, he was just a bad guy. We, yeah, we were all like, oh, like, I thought he was just edgy. <laughs> like, no, oh, and, like, he's like actual evil. Yeah. yeah, that was well, one of the wildest things for me as a DM, seeing you guys be like, oh, it's just a demon. You know, it's just Barazel. He's fine. And meanwhile, I was like, I, I had this stuff. I was like, Fitz is planning these things for if Barazel goes wild and like, you know, what do we do? And like, I, like Fitz's perspective, like he's panicking about this crazy, uh, like <laughs> obvious, if, if from my perspective, obviously evil. It was just a demon to Carl. I mean, he spoke with Hecka. Oh yeah, great. It's just a demon. Uh, no big deal. First, like what <laughs> like he didn't really do anything super evil. It wasn't until like until what what did he even do? What was the that? The Order moment? of the Deep Candle, uh, when he offered to eat the Oracle's other arm. Uh and you find out Barazel's been killing off Order of the Deep Candle members for centuries, uh, for fun. Um, and then he set Fitz on fire, uh, which was not fun. Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's when everyone realized, oh, he's just really evil and we should not be. (laughs) Yeah. This isn't campy anymore. Yeah. It's not like a Jekyll and Hyde where, where Dr. Hyde or like the, I don't remember which is the evil one. Dr. Jekyll is the human. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Mr. It's not where like Mr. Hyde still has some Dr. Jekyll in him and, you know, or like the Hulk or whatever, where it's like, ah, if you're angry all the time, you can control it. It's like, no, I'm possessed by a purely evil entity that only wants what he wants and literally does not care about anybody to get to it as evidenced by the fact that he made a pact with Romanov to fuck you guys over uh, and do her bidding in, in return for being set loose upon the world. Uh, and yeah. it was it was only because you guys are ridiculously powerful at that point that that d- didn't really mean much, and you guys were able to like fix that pretty quickly. Yeah, Carl was ready. Yeah, Carl was ready. D- with that question out of the way, um, what do you guys think about the? St- actually, uh, real quick, because Malk asked it earlier, I'm going to get to this now. Um, out of all of the Romanovs that you guys killed personally, which was your guys' favorite to like get rid of? In chat, I said forty seventh. 
funny. <laughs> Everyone after the first one to Carl was just like a, a placeholder. The first one was the most important. Our, 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 yeah, our personal verse Romanoff was the, was the one that was the one that needed to be taken out and everything else was just like a caricature of her. I don't know. I really enjoyed Dragon Ball Z Romanoff getting to bite the dust because Tyke's like, fuck this. It turned into the monster. <laughs> that was so good. by far the most Tyke thing that he ever did. Possessing someone just to, to, to have his own side, like side adventure in another universe. Oh, so much. So Tyke. Oh, I, I, you see, I had never thought about it this way, but you made that comment about making sure that things happened where I wanted them to. I never really thought about how it really was. You just being like, this is what's going on. And me being like, sir, now that, do is this. There a computer around. Okay. That's how I'm doing this. Literally every time I had a conflict set up, Tyke was like, what is the tangent I can take from this? And that was not a bad thing, but it, it made for some insane things. Like, absolutely bonkers things happening like the 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 entire goku romanov thing in another multiverse that was not something i planned until you were like yeah i take them over and i was like okay what's the funniest way to do this you're in the world martial arts tournament now let's go full dbz because yeah and all of the cyberverse stuff was not something that ever would i never sitting down and be like okay what are they going to do today would i ever have put anything like like that in there Dan and the AI, you guys getting this crazy asset that can do these crazy things. The mech, also another crazy asset that can do crazy things. Like half of the shit that you guys did was just because of like, or like half of the like stuff you guys, like the tangents you went on and the assets and resources you guys got was because Tyke was like, yeah, I'm going to try that. Uh, and it, it worked really well for you. Yeah, the helicopter. Yeah. Oh, we all forgot about the helicopter, didn't we? That was yeah, a he stole a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. We just parked it and walked away. <laughs> yeah. At the zoo. Oh, yeah, you, don't worry about we it, Jacob. Can't. You were asleep. Don't yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, and you sabotaged it, too, to make sure they couldn't drive it, because it ran out of gas uh, yeah. uh, because of a despair on a piloting check. Um, you sabotaged it and just left it. You had Cindy, who was a mod- an IS Corp modified Tesla Model X with all the all cool extra bells and whistles, which was solely because Tyke was like, I'm going to, I'm going to brain steal a car. Um, yep. the, the mech, like half hey, of the, the stuff. Hey, the first car we brain stole was a smart car and that was a clown chase. Yes. That was so good. Getting yeah. everyone to do it. Uh, that was the one you guys stole, uh, like the, yeah, the IS Corp. While counter was beating on our, on our tails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, what uh, we've got Goku Romanov, we've got Romanov Prime. What about Goose's the forty seventh one? Um, yeah. My personal favorite Romanov would probably be, um, fuck, I don't know, man. The Dragon, the Knight, the Dragonborn Wizard. Probably, uh, probably the the first one to because this was a moment that I wanted to have the first like silhouette Romanov that killed herself to siphon the energy into Romanov prime. That's probably my favorite one, which I think was the noir one um, Mm. uh, that Jacob came up with because he like basically killed her. And she's like, instead of dying, I'm going to kill myself and give all my energy to Romanov prime. That's probably my favorite one because it was like narratively really important to be like, these are going, these don't care about their own livelihood. They're going to siphon into Romanov prime if they need to. Um, how did you guys feel about the 
overall story in general and the system in general. That's like the last bit I, I want to specifically touch on before we do other stuff. Uh, I really I, like that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think you can separate those two because the game system itself leads to the story that was generated by us playing that game because the freedom given to us by Genesis to, as a group, come up with each individual situation on the fly. I mean, what colors are in the room? Why are there roosters on the wall of the restaurant? You know, where where is this other location for IS Corp located and why is it important? I mean, all of this stuff just truly made a big difference to the storyline because of the game system. Yeah, Genesis very much uh, like as like a dichotomy, like it allowed us freedom and also forced us to utilize that freedom for like storytelling as well. Because like when something would come up, like you have to answer the question, like what is now awful about the situation that wasn't awful like three seconds ago? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the robust system that Genesis has plays really well into collaborative storytelling. Um, we were able to spend each other's triumphs and despairs um, to like alter the story. Like the mech thing would not have happened without uh, a triumph. So <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of that stuff that happened with Tyke or Goose even, because I think Goose had a triumph on uh one of the youtube videos that we had put up one of the us tube videos and uh that got us the riot which wouldn't have happened without that triumph that got us um, goose chain yeah. which has yeah. like multiverse yeah. ramifications now goose because goose chain is a thing that really exists go to goosechan.org it's a real website it just directs to our podcast page but you know it's still that whole thing like goose becoming an internet in like conspiracy theory influencer basically it was pretty cool uh, and you're right yeah, yeah that happened because of triumphs and story points i'm not saying it couldn't have happened in other games i just feel like it was uniquely uh qualified for the task that we put before it and and because i screwed up and made you guys like level up way too quickly um get experience way too like you guys got experience at like four times the rate as we probably should have um that made it so you guys were getting powerful really quickly which means i had to increase the difficulty of things really quickly which means there was a lot there were a lot more triumphs and despairs yeah our our experience was coming out at every episode we we every monday night we aired and we should have been getting it after every like arc <laughs> or, you know, it should have been every fourth episode yeah um and so you guys are getting like literally four times the experience so I mean, just by the nature of what and how many dice you were rolling, there were a lot more triumphs and despairs, which ended up being really good for us because there were all the time there was stuff where we were like, okay, something really fucking cool happens or something really, really shitty happens, and we have to figure out what that is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Zed dying actually, was one of those things. That's actually a really good mechanic then. Because it means like, you know, like as you progress in the story and as you become more powerful, the stakes just inherently get more extreme yeah the rapid growth made it feel like a movie man yeah Yeah. you you might um you might succeed more often because the further you go the better your odds get as a player but also the stakes become higher and you get much bigger swings so that's where we get these crazy story details like goose's dead wife we never would have found out about that shit if it weren't for story points and triumphs and despairs because it's like oh here's a triumph 
you're going to find something else out. Or like, here's like, you know, the order of the deep candle existed because of that partially because like people mentioning little things here and there and allowing me to be like, okay, well, here's all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Pixie uh, in chat has a question. Will Goose ever actually meet a bobble, the aliens that we met in one of the side arcs? And the answer to that is a definitive, probably not, but maybe because it, on earth, absolutely he cannot um, because he does not exist on earth anymore. So uh, assuming if bobbles only exist in the earth multi like plane, then uh, then no, he'll never meet them. But but there's probably a multiverse out there where where Goose gets to meet some bobbleheads. Uh, so I think every single iteration of Goose would enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, let's just be honest. It would be dumb of us not to cash in on all of the free content that that would give us. <laughs> like, even if it's just a one-off. Like, that's one of the cool things that I love about. It. You got a spreadsheet of this stuff because we're gonna forget bobbles. I know. <laughs> I had to deep rig deep for that memory. That's actually one thing I wanted. Like, I wanted to do is like I've got my notes in front of me, and like that is something we could go over if we had more time, but we don't. Um, just like going through all of the stuff that we came up with. Like, that's all gonna be in my google drive forever so i can look back and you know reference all of this stuff uh you know if somebody wants to run an arc in two years that is all centered around the bobble people then i can be like okay here's all the stuff that we said about that then and what's true and also we have episodes that we can go back and listen. like and it we did run our, the secret arc. it would be our uh, smurfs episode <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and we did run we did run that that spin-off yeah. arc mid-game our our one-off that lasted mm-hmm. two off so there's lots of multi in our own singular universe before we even reach the multi yep especially now because we're kind of we're now that we we have recorded uh at this time we've recorded like six episodes of next season so we've started getting into these like weird multiverse shenanigans which is something i do want to touch on in you know rough detail because it's already 11 o'clock um uh like the multiverse concept but like as we get more practiced at that like those like tangential one shots also get significantly easier to be like okay well let's just do this in this system blah 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 like i want to do a star wars one really bad i know i'm pretty sure colby also does want to do a star wars one yeah really bad um i'd like to touch on star trek and like straight up not like jokey jokey we're we're kind of we're playing we're quote unquote playing a star wars game but we're not really oh jacob threw his headset down he's got something to say if we do when we do star trek our character because what that's got to be like three or four arcs down so we'll have like five sets of memories or whatever we have got to meet a trill (laughs) the trills are the ones that hold them I have been re-watching Deep Space Nine and I have been getting like great material and like thought space by watching like Jedzia Dax on Jedzia Dax is unironically the best character in all of Star Trek. I will fight and die on this hill. Uh, so yes, uh, if it's me running it, we'll we'll we can meet a trail. If it's somebody else running it, uh, I can't promise anything, obviously. Yeah, sounds, sounds like, like Jacob's arc. I, I could definitely run a Star Wars thing. Could not do a Star Trek one. A group, a group of trills walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, you all will start on trill, and no one will understand what you're talking about when you try to explain that. Like you have five sets of lifetimes of memories, and how that's really <laughs> yeah. confusing. They'll be like, "What are you talking about?" That's like like one percent of our population. That's they're just constant like lives. That's normal. 
Yeah. And we, and we start a political debate on trail. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So a Star Wars spinoff would be nice. Uh, Star Trek would be nice. Each one having their own, their own little, and they all, they all attached to the multiverse that we were able to establish using Genesis, which gave us a lot of flexibility. Um, my my personal D and D campaign that I, that we do that Aaron is a part of is basically Star Trek, but uh, it's fantasy. So um, I am one hundred percent down for a Star Trek thing. That's also something that we could be like we could do like the episodic stuff where we could do like snapshots, be like, hey, this week for a one shot, we're going to check in with our Star Trek characters that we learned that we did a one shot of like five years ago. Especially because I'm Star Wars, that. Star Trek are both can be really episodic. We can do a thing and then we can come back to those characters, you know, if we want to, like, that's always a possible uh, thing. Hey, I, I have not looked into, honestly, I now need to look into like the official Star Trek, like TTRPGs, but that makes me really want to, if there's not one that's already themed that way, I want to see like a monster yeah, of the yeah. week style, like yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Like, like, sci-fi fiction friday or something i don't know like just something like yeah well we had that whole episodic. uh yeah we had that episodic uh monster of the week going for a while there that was like that uh we could easily use powered by the apocalypse to do star trek that way if we wanted to yeah Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Malk, uh, you mentioned so Fantasy Flight Games. They're the ones that make Genesis, which is the the system we used uh, Edge of the Empire, except it's generic instead of like Star Wars specific. That's actually one of the reasons why we used it. Um, so one hundred percent, I wanted. To- and I I got some great dice, and then we started using the dice bot maiden that hates us. Yep, mm-hmm. freaking d- uh, dice maiden just murdering you guys multiple times. <laughs> yeah, um, especially on the bridge thing. Yeah, the bridge thing, that was absolutely yep. So one thing I also wanted to ask before we get into talking about the multiverse stuff, um, what do you guys, like, what ideas do you guys have for stuff going forward that you want to do? That, like, you want to run or, like, be a part of or do, even if it's, like, a single episode thing, like, what kind of stuff do you guys want to do now? Now that we've finished an arc, started doing another one, and we kind of have a feel for what's going on, like, what what, what are some ideas that you guys have? I mean, I would love to do a giant mech arc, um, like Gundams or something like that. Uh, Zoids, we found that Zoid uh, TTRPG, which would be really cool. Um, yeah, Vampire the Masquerade's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would love to do like a bunch of Dark World stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Any any of the White Wolf Dark World. Masquerade could be interesting, especially with the thought that these characters could be ancient and then slap a couple lives into them mystically and watch them lose their bloody ancient minds. I would love to do a legit monster of the week um, or, or any, any powered by the apocalypse, specifically a monster of the week one would be really fun with these, these characters um, because it's like, it's so similar, but can also be very different uh, in tone to what this first arc is. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of ideas for arcs, but uh, I have a bunch of ideas of like little one-shot things that I I think would be cool. One of which being Star Wars. I think we should also check like our char- our characters into Call of Cthulhu. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, see that that's the thing is like it doesn't have to be a big arc. It can be one-shot things. Like that's that's the other thing I like about the potential of this format is like the length of 
an arc or a campaign or a game or whatever is totally up to us. Whether or not we return to the characters is totally up to us and we can justify it no matter what because they're just like, they're snapshots into this multiverse that you guys are now shoved into. Mm-hmm. I've never had the chance to touch Deadlands. I know nothing about it. Deadlands would be really fun. Uh, that would be really fun. There's a lot of the like one page stuff that would be really cool. Warhammer. Oh my God. Warhammer 40k. That I would mean, be tough, but really fun. It, the big thing is if you're really into mech stuff, I have, uh, I don't know, about 15 years worth of Battletech stuff sitting next to me. So we have a full Battletech or yeah. Mech Warrior arc available. It would just have to be uh, me reading a book again because I don't remember how to do it. It was 20 years ago. Honey heist. <laughs> amazing seeing bear versions of all of our characters trying to get some honey from like the 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 bee version of is corp oh my god i am so down for that would be so good aaron how would you feel about trying to do something in tmnt i love the idea of tmnt and that universe is so malleable that anything would go the biggest problem we have with it is the general construction of a character in tmnt takes 90 minutes per character it is Oof. something that is very detailed and very personal and very difficult to do. It has to be done way in advance and we really can't discuss it on, on stream because it would just take way too long. Yeah. We would not be able to do that on air. We'd have to do, we have to make the characters off air over like during either like a one shot period or four episodes of uh, nerdy yeah, chat. Malkadoshan <laughs> has an absolute amazing history with TMNT and he knows why I like it so much. And uh, he has he, he has done very bad things in that game. Don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> the character creation in that game is maybe one of my favorite con- like one, one of my favorite systems uh, ever, not because it's good, but because it's funny. It's, it, character creation is actually part of the whole of experience of role playing that game is building your character is an actual experience in the game. It's really involved. Really, honestly, we could if we if we set it up right, we could do it on air for like bonus episodes um, and like basically just do like a quarter of the creation for everybody in each episode and do like four full. Up. But I don't think that I, I think that would be a bonus episode thing uh, for like people that are like, oh, yeah, uh, I that sounds fun to me because I don't think that's going to be like if we if we ever have a Patreon, that'll be a tier one uh, unlocked. <laughs> Um, so now that, again, now that we are done with season one, we are starting to record season two. It's going really well. We've got our characters in season two have, uh, uh, this is the only thing I'm going to say about this because this is something that, that is established pretty quickly and is kind of established at the end of the finale. Even, um, our characters have memories of both their current life and the life of season one. Our characters in, in season two, remember season one. Um, and, uh, it, now that we kind of have all that out in the open, what do you guys feel about the multiverse concept? What are your thoughts on it? Do you have like questions or comments you want to say? Like what's, what's rattling on in your heads about the multiverse right now? I have a question. Yes. So I'm thinking about like, if we do one shots that are our characters in yeah. different universes, will our characters in the like core arc remember the one shot like is this like some kind of concurrent like trans universe i think we might overpower ourselves with that because if we're multiversing there's so many things we're going to be doing yeah oh yeah that's fair like there are two things brains would explode yeah 
Yeah, there are two things that I'd say about that. Yeah. One is that it is totally up to the person running that arc. Every arc going forward, it, it, it is totally up to the DM, the, the GM, and the players working out how much your character remembers of their past lives. And two, the way that I've set it up, just so that it it doesn't like we don't have to deal with time bullshit, is that all of these things happen quote unquote concurrently at the same time um, with a bit of difference in between them. So with Nick, um, uh, can, can I say uh, what leads? Well, okay. It's, it's been played in the finale with Nick, the end of our season one finale leads directly time, at least to the audience time wise to the start of season two. So it's it's a direct one to one link. Like we go right into it. So like those things happen in like that time span. Whether that theoretically works, how the multiverse goes. Like I kind of think of it as all kind of happening at the same time, so mm-hmm. that the GMs can come up with whatever timeline they want. And again, I think it would be overwhelming to always have all of our memories all of the time. Um, so it's kind of I'm kind of I think we should probably just leave that up to like like case by case basically. So if a DM wants to run something where we don't have zero memory of our multiverse stuff, then they can uh, and vice versa. Yeah. So just to help with clarifying on season two, um, the only reason you remember everything uh, from season one is the fact that Egyptian souls have seven parts. And one of those parts was your earth character. And that's why your characters couldn't be resurrected when they died the first time because their whole soul wasn't there. And now the soul's back. And so the gods could bring you back to life. Um, Yeah. Well, Carl denies all of it. So just keep rolling on there, sir. Yeah. So like you have the memories, but there it's because like your Ba, which is the intellect uh, came back and that's what allowed you to be resurrected. That's really cool. Yeah, fun things about Egyptian mythology. That's really cool. Uh, any more thoughts on the multiverse stuff? No. Sounds like no. So th- there are two more things I want to do. Uh, one okay. is an AMA. I want like any other questions you had for me about things that we I could not answer during the game. Uh, I would like to answer those if you guys have any. And then after that, we're going to do some revisiting. Just real quick, everybody going to talk about something that's happened after you guys left the multiverse. So telling you that now, so you can start thinking about that stuff. So do you guys have any questions just about season one that we weren't able to answer during that, or that you just, you absolutely need to know maybe something that might've been spoilers or like something you're confused on, like narratively or anything like that. This includes the chat, by the way, if you guys have any questions for me, I will answer them to the best of my knowledge at this point. Cause I don't know. I think I think the biggest one for me is is how did Sam come out of this whole thing in the end as one of the off, you know, non-player characters that was pivotal for many of the players characters in the game. Yeah. Uh I mean, honestly, that's uh that's kind of a revisit question. Um like that can be something we we answer for sure, but like I would imagine she came out of it like someone who has experienced a lot of trauma but is now safe would come out of um she is a smart successful person uh who is independent uh so i think she'll be fine but she also lost is it yeah but the the world's still in a traumatic situation 
Yeah, it is an informatic situation. Yeah, we're just gone. We're we're in we're in March of 2019, and a bunch of horrors have just struck. They haven't even hit COVID. Do you you know what that's going to be like with like an evil international corporation fighting the entire world trying to take over? Oh yeah, lockdowns will be a mess. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's a divergent a divergent plane, and they didn't get COVID nineteen. I don't know. Uh, that was one of the reasons why I put it, I placed it before that because I didn't want to deal with that, but COVID 21 that hits all the bars. What I will say is that the horrors were sort of a manufactured threat and they aren't a threat anymore. So like that is something that like, they don't have to worry about to be fair. Earth does still have to cope with the fact that now magic is real and has been for centuries and it's just now becoming apparent. So it's still a rough situation, um, uh, that definitely, um, definitely is something that she'll need to work through. But like I said, she is a smart, capable individual, uh, who is independent and self-sufficient. I think she'll be fine. She probably will need some therapy considering the person she thought she was going to marry, uh, and her brother, all of his friends and her like immediate friend group are gone and, and her dog and her dog. That's true. Her dog is gone. And also, she has magic powers. I don't know if that was clear, but she has psychic powers very, very much like Tyke does. Yeah, yeah. Tyke had something that unlocked them in his youth. She did not. And, so they were and possibly and possibly Zed's brother. I mean, a lot of people just flat out disappeared. So yeah, that's why I was curious. Sam was Sam was there, but Sam had to deal with a lot of pretty hefty stuff when we just disappeared. <laughs> what, what I'll say is that I feel like doctors a lot of the time have to deal with maybe the most intense things humans deal maybe aside from war maybe the most intense things humans deal with already so i think she's probably going to be okay albeit probably a bit sad um uh, at least for a while um uh malk also asks what did the party do that shocked the dm the most um uh there that's impossible to answer there's no it, it, I, I mean like literally every session there was something that was so buck wild that i, I remember not... locking up barazel through you for a, a absolute flummox loop yeah yeah, yeah. That, that definitely did um because i expected that to be a big part of that episode dealing with barazel and his demon army um and it literally was about 10 minutes <laughs> like it, yeah. the bulk of that of the barazel arc was me describing shit like yeah. it, that that was it like it was we, so fast. we ended one episode with here's barazel da 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 hat wave in the air and then the next episode started and i had a week to think about it and carl just locked his ass in a box and threw her kiwi away. bye yeah which he had just done to that stupid dragon too i think the dragon was right before that too wasn't it the plane shift either right was before that right after yeah yeah because he does the same thing to the stupid dragon <laughs> plane shift goodbye <laughs> uh, i have a question uh are we like known about after we're gone in this world that keeps going on and are we viewed positively or are you actually goose in real life because goose would have asked that question <laughs> yes we're known about there's videos there was there was how many people in the desert throwing rocks at a building <laughs> yeah but there's probably like riots similarly happening all over the planet at the moment yeah point yeah point number point number one is that you guys were already pretty well known about uh because of goose um point number two is that I mean, there's no way, right? There's no way 
people don't find out about this. Um, the only possible way that happens is if literally like none of the information that happened at the blackout zone gets to the rest of the world. But look at the people that are there. We have people with HUDs in Quinn and Serafina who also have access to all of the dossier on IS Corp as to why they're shit. We have um, Dan and Cindy in the mech who are literally like two AI, one of whom is confirmed to be sentient, who have like canonically have access to the entire internet, uh, it, who also could have taken like taken footage. There's no way that every moment of what happened at the blackout zone, you guys up against Romanov. I forgot the name of the guy at the water tower. The water tower, crazy, crazy Larry, crazy Larry, crazy Larry, crazy Larry definitely would throw the word out. Yeah, exactly. Well, he like, he had already put it together that IS Corp was evil before any of this went down. And it was oh, yeah, the then we just we were then like, we just oh, landed man. and gave it all to him on a platter. Yeah, I think Crazy Larry yeah. becomes president or something like that. Um, <laughs> like, like, he, like he had like he's he, something's coming his way because he had he had so much of this figured out before everybody else. It's just it, it's. I'll say he doesn't believe in anything larger than like a local government level. Oh yeah, he yeah. he just becomes the governor of Oregon or like the mayor of Portland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I, what I imagine happened is that the verbatim footage of what went down at the blackout zone is everywhere online. Absolutely everywhere. You can't get away from it. Um, two, I imagine IS Corp is restructured and used as a force for good, which means you have a legacy in the people that were there talking about who you are. So there is no way you don't get statues. It just is mm. not possible in my mind. You have to get statues. Like or, or the equivalent. Like, there's just no way. There's no way a group of five people do what you did, sacrifice their at, lives. At least, literally. at least, Apex looks good in green. We know this already. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I think at the very least, you guys are known about and probably get statues or something, something to that effect. Like, there's definitely a memorial. Um, I mean, like, I, I can't think of an example of somebody that is revered like that worldwide um, as being heroic. Um, but you guys are literal historical figures now. Um, that, that is, that is a given what happens beyond that. I don't know. You know? Okay. Well, I mean, obviously the AI eventually take over the planet. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, take, it was take, in a prophecy yeah. dream or something. Yeah, it was in a prophecy dream. Yep. The lesson to walk away with from the story is if you look for revenge, things turn out pretty well. <laughs> as long as you're willing to die for it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll get to see the ghost of the person evil. you're avenging yeah and yeah. all corporations are evil uh what else can we say broadly that this means don't i mean don't IS, trust your friends yeah is corp specifically shut down all unions uh so yeah is yeah. corp was bad i mean look i i, I did try to loosely veil that in the beginning, but IS Corp was always going to be just awful. Mm. Um, the whole point, because one of my favorite tropes ever is a thing that is generally perceived to be good being really bad. So obviously I had to very loosely veil that. Like I was never going to try and trick you guys, but I did want to like make it like nobody thinks these people are evil. This is not like freaking, I don't know, Mussolini's company or whatever. I'll, you know, I'll have to be honest, ooh. there were a couple times I really wasn't sure that we were the good guys. <laughs> oh, you guys specifically, there were a few times where I was not sure you were the good guys. Um, yeah. Just not because of like what you were fighting for, 
uh, because I I, be- I fully believe that you guys had good intentions for what you were fighting for the entire time, except for maybe the vengeance aspect, which I think is probably okay. Um, because in the way that Goose enacted vengeance was by completing his wife's life life's work um, uh, in, in many ways. Uh, so I'm, I'm not super opposed to that. Um, so yeah, the, I realized we were good guys in the security room of IS Corp. That's, that's when I knew. The two security guards not getting killed and then making their little their little love connection with cigarettes was just absolutely over the top. You know, you're, you're right about that. Um, that was probably the moment where I was like, okay, you guys are not at least villains. And then 20 minutes later, I murdered nine guys in a hallway. Yeah, I was going to say, the, 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 the moments that made me be like, maybe you guys are at the very least like Saw Gerrera level of like, I don't care what casual is when you guys went and then killed a bunch of IS corp and handed cards. it automatic to, <laughs> to Ex- poor Fitz. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then told Fitz to suck it up that he just participated in murdering some people. <laughs> that was, um, that is by far the most morally ambiguous thing you guys went through. Uh, I think it was a very human reaction, but my God, you just, you just ended some people uh, with, uh, with z- zero compromise. I, I tried to comfort him. Hey, I watched Ajax go through a guy yeah. like a meat missile. Legitimately, yeah. that moment between Goose and Fitz is one of my favorites in the entire world. We have a short on it on YouTube. Eventually, it will be on TikTok. Please go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. It, it just one of the best moments of the entire season, uh, by far. Yeah, I have a question, uh, and I, I hope you can answer it. How many episodes were you going to let us work for IS Court before you revealed that they were definitely the bad guys? Because literally as many as I could. Was, yeah, <laughs> the original plan was for us to work for them. <laughs> Back in the day, when you guys were like, "Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go work for them," I, I, I did very much plan to have you guys be part of IS Corp. I had three full mini arcs planned with you guys being IS court people. There was one where you were going to go neutralize a horror. Um, there was one where you were going to go neutral, uh, neutralize or capture some uh, people that uh, got powers and were becoming nuisances um, sort of like a, 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 a Marvel style basically. Um, and then the third arc was going to be, um, I can't remember exactly, but that was the one I was planning on doing like the reveal, like a soft reveal of like, IS court maybe and like obviously there were going to be clues and it was just going to be seeing how long I can string you guys along doing good to be fair like doing good things for sure and doing heroics but how long can I get you guys to work for IS corp before you guys are like okay this we've gone too far um like were we going to have a a, a force awakens stormtroopers standing in front of a you know a a, a, a village killing innocence moment where you guys are like asked in the moment hey these are enemies. You need to go kill them. And they're just people like, are we going to have that moment or are you going to, and then very, very much uh, uh, indicative of the entire rest of the show. Jacob turns it on his head and is like, I want to know what other people have been through minute one. And you guys are like, this is not okay. So yeah, I, I planned for it to go maybe, maybe half the show. Originally I planned for maybe half of the, entire show mm. to be you guys working for IS Corp and then the last half being like nah fuck them <laughs> good job Jacob <laughs> good job episode 5 less than less than 10th <laughs> yeah it was like seriously I, within the first 5 episodes you guys like nah fuck them this isn't good <laughs> instead we got <laughs> we got 
you guys having made the transition to their evil super quickly and me kind of letting Fitz be the one that transitions slowly like you guys originally would have. So we, go, we still got that satisfying like slow build of, oh, they're evil because we got to get that through Fitz who is who like really believed in the mission that he thought IS Corp was fighting for, uh, which was to save the world. Uh, so we still got that slow burn and it was really, it was, it was pretty satisfying. And I liked that immediately you guys were like, no, no, we're not doing this. It was, it was pretty satisfying. Yeah, that was good. So anything else you guys want to say before we like epilogue it and get out of here? Questions, thoughts, general muckery, just like any, anything you guys want to talk about season one. I think we touched on most stuff. Is, did Romanov get scattered? Or is she, like, removed from the multiverse? Do you want the short answer or the long answer? Uh, short answer. Short. I expect to see other versions. Um, she's still out there. That's the short answer. She's still out there. Okay. Uh, you, you, so, yes, you can, you can expect to see other versions for sure. Um, uh, that would be the, uh, that would be the short answer. So yeah. we did we did some revisiting. I wanted to give us a chance right now to have everybody be like, hey, let's do a quick, like really quick. This is something that happens afterwards, like post-credits thing. We did talk about some of that. We talked about Sam. Uh, we talked about IS Corp changing, or I, I mentioned that at least. Um, uh, but if it, any anything you guys want to establish that like, hey, after you guys save the world, this is a thing that happens, then this is the place for that. Um, yes. Knitting becomes standard operating procedure for high schools. <laughs> okay it comes back yeah it comes back it even becomes uh, curriculum i think i think to tag on to that high school curriculum changes or like school curriculum in general changes really rapidly and really insanely to incorporate like magic bullshit as well like like a, a lot of like learning about magical stuff that we didn't know uh changes pretty quickly i think carl doesn't need to hide his knitting ever again no child no child should go there um i think sam and Ty, so Sam and Tyke's parents and Sam meet up like their parents take care of Sam and Sam gets to tell them all about Tyke and they get to yeah. be super proud. Yeah, that's important. I think it's like um, they become they go from like this kind of like rough, really stoic, uh, uh, pressuring uh, parents to like kind of over loving um, and like, I, I think, I feel like that's kind of what happens with, uh, Tyke, Tyke and Sam's parents too. Like they kind of go maybe even a little bit too far the other way where they're like, we lost Tyke. Sam's able to tell them everything about him. They get to meet their son basically for the first time through her and, you know, learn about his exploits. And I think they, they really glom on to Sam for the rest of their lives. Uh, cause, cause that feels satisfying. Dope. Uh, any anything else we want to talk about, like uh, things that wrap up, uh, or are we ready to get out of here? I think we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's get out of here because it's late for you guys. Um, uh, I think that's everything. Uh, thank you guys for coming around in the chat. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, next week, tune in for the first episode of season two, The Fading. It's gonna be wild. All right, I think we're done. Uh, right. We'll see you in the multiverse. Bye. Bye. Deuces. We know what that means now.